But I want to begin the service, uh, the message, by going back to Luke chapter 2. We were uh, we focused on this. Uh, Juliet wrote, read uh, Luke chapter 2 last night. And uh, I want to uh, read this once again and talk a little bit more about the shepherds and the impression that uh, that made on Jesus' life as he grew up. And so I want to begin with verse 6. Of Luke chapter 2. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. And in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in clothes, cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when, he, and when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went away, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told to them. Well, last last night we looked at the, the fact that the shepherds came. Uh, the shepherds obeyed, and I'm so glad that the shepherds obeyed. They did a good thing. And uh, when they came and they found the Christ child, um, Mary and Joseph needed to hear their words. Last night I mentioned that here they were in a stable. They never anticipated this, a stable. And here they are in this dirty and smelly environment. And now they have this newborn babe who the angel of God has told Mary that this is God. This is the Messiah. And yet they find themselves in a stable. What in the world is going on? And then lo and behold, the shepherds show up. 
and they tell Mary and Joseph of what has transpired just a few hours before. And the angel said, come and find this babe wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph needed to hear those words because in this moment, I'm sure they were so excited about their newborn son, but at the same time, they were fearful and wondering, you know, has God abandoned them? No. God knew exactly what he was doing, and he sent the angels to encourage these brand new parents. I am so grateful that the shepherds obeyed. Now, you know, I was thinking about um, the fact that when parents give birth to a baby, they like to retell their birth story, don't they? You know, I remember when Allison was born, and I remember when Kyle was born, and uh, it was vivid in my mind. You know, it's as if it happened yesterday. And, uh, and we've told that story often. We enjoy telling that story. Um, but I was thinking, but beyond Trevor, or beyond Kyle, I'm ashamed to say I don't remember anything about Trevor's birth story. And that is not a story that we've shared. Now I do remember Emily's birth story. Um, we were in Redlands Hospital. I know that Trevor was born in Redlands Hospital, but I don't remember anything beyond that day. And for Emily, the only reason why I remember Emily in Redlands Hospital is that this was during the OJ trial. And I was watching the OJ, OJ trial while Susan was in labor. But, uh, but, you know, we love to relive those stories. I'm sure for Jesus... He heard about his birth story with his parents over and over and over again. I mean, it's an amazing story. A story that is a historical fact. And you know, as Jesus was growing up and hearing about the shepherds coming and encouraging his mom and dad... I'm sure that Jesus had a great appreciation for shepherds. You know, as uh, he was growing up, I'm sure he studied shepherds. He watched how they took care of their flock. And Jesus knew that he had a great-grandfather who was a shepherd at one time. His name is King David. Uh, King David is about at least 27 greats separated from Jesus, okay? So David was Jesus' great, 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 you know, 27 times at least grandfather, great-grandfather. Jesus was familiar with Psalm 23, that his great-grandfather had written. If you have Psalm 23, let's turn to that for just a second. Let me just read just the first few verses. David. 
David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. David is writing about his future grandson and that the Lord, his grandson, is going to be David's shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul and guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, when you look at um, the nativity scenes, you know, you notice Mary and Joseph. You notice the, the baby lying in the manger. You notice the Magi. Now, the Magi, uh, Magi shouldn't be, be there in nativity scenes, okay? Because the Magi didn't show up until two or three years later um, uh, from the book of Matthew. But the Magi are there. But then you're going to have the shepherds. Now, obviously, the shepherds came uh, that the, in the middle of the night when they had been confronted by the angels. And when you see the shepherds in the manger scene, what typically is the shepherd holding in his hand? I have a shepherd here. Okay? And this is typical of manger scenes. Now, this shepherd... When I was in Israel many years ago, uh, I bought a nativity set in Bethlehem, okay? And, uh, and so this is the shepherd of that nativity set. What is the shepherd holding? A staff, okay? I have a staff here, a, a different type of staff with a, a crook on it. Now, but shepherds have these staffs, why do they why do they have these staves when they're caring for sheep? Have you thought about that before? It's a tool, okay? Um, it it helps um, control the flock as uh, they're guiding the flock. You know, sheep need a shepherd, okay? Um, King David. Jesus' grandfather says, he guides me. Um, he guides me to places, to green pastures. You know, sheep can't find green pastures by themselves. They need a shepherd. Shepherds guide sheep to still waters. Shepherds know that their sheep, their flock need still waters because if sheep were to wander to um, to rivers that are are flowing rather rapidly sheep aren't very smart and if it's if it's a if it's a water that's flowing rapidly and they bend down for a drink you know they have wool if that wool gets wet that wool becomes very heavy and they can get caught up in that current and drowned. Shepherds know that sheep need still waters. 
And so this shepherd will use this staff to just help guide, help control his sheep. You know, if there's a sheep that begins to wander, uh, not paying attention to the shepherd and just wanders off, well, the sheep can take this staff and it's got a little hook on it, doesn't it? And he can take that hook and go up to that sheep and uh, get that sheep by the scruff of the neck and bring that sheep where that sheep needs to be. Okay? But this, but this is what shepherds do. He uses this staff to help guide sheep. You know, King David said, Shepherd David said in Psalm 23, that uh, your rod and your staff comfort me. You know, sometimes the shepherd leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't like that part. But when it comes to our walk with Jesus, he takes us to the green pastures. He takes us to the still waters. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. But he also leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. But as sheep, church, he has a staff. And he has a rod. Now the rod isn't as big as the shit staff. I don't I didn't have a rod this morning, but the rod is is you know a lot shorter, okay? And on one end of that rod, um, a shepherd will nail into that rod some pieces of metal, sharp metal. And um, and he uses that rod to protect his sheep. Because, you know, when it comes to, to uh, predators out there, there's some, hang, there's some hungry predators. There are wolves out there. There are mountain lions out there who are really hungry. And sheep are an easy lunch. Okay? Because sheep don't know how to defend themselves. They are lowly, they are gentle, gentle, and they need the shepherd to protect them. And the shepherd will take that rod and he will thump that wolf or that mountain lion over the head to protect his sheep, protect his flock as he's leading them through some scary places, the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know if you've ever walked up in these canyons outside of Ridgecrest at the foothill of the Sierras. Uh, There are some steep canyons and there are crevices where predators can hide. And the shepherd is very aware of these hiding places, of these predators. But it's necessary for the, predator, for the shepherd to take his flock through these canyons to get to the other side where there's more green pastures and there's more calm, still waters. And the shepherd is there protecting his sheep every step of the way.
King David writes, the Lord brings me, brings us through the valley of the shadow of death. That his rod and his staff are there to comfort us. Jesus was very aware of this. Jesus was very impressed with what shepherds did. Jesus was very appreciative of shepherds. And in John chapter 10, Jesus tells his disciples that I am the good shepherd. A good shepherd is one who lays his life down for the sheep. Jesus grew up. Jesus was born. And Jesus lived for 33 years before he was crucified. But Jesus told his his disciples during those three years of ministry that I am the good shepherd. And I lay my life down for the sheep. The Bible says that not only is Jesus the good shepherd, but Jesus is also, according to Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus is the great shepherd. And Hebrews chapter 13 is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not only did Jesus lay his life down, but when Jesus died three days later, he rose it back up again. And Jesus, the great shepherd, rules and reigns and continues to watch over his flock. Jesus said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, and they know my voice. I know their name. We serve the great shepherd who is alive, who is very much alive who is sitting on the throne and he knows your name. And you have the ability as his sheep to hear his voice. You might ask, Pastor, how do I hear the shepherd's voice? You hear the voice by reading the word of God. Jesus is the word of life. And as we get into this book, as we memorize this book, Jesus' voice is ministering and speaking to us. And we can follow him, knowing that he is guiding us to those green pastures and those calm waters and even those valleys of the shadow of death. But we don't have to be afraid because he is there with us. Not only is he the good shepherd and the great shepherd, but 1 Peter 5 tells us he's the chief shepherd who is going to reward those who have faithfully followed him. This is our Jesus. Jesus goes by many names but one that he's particularly fond of is shepherd. Those shepherds meant the world to his mom and dad that first Christmas morning.
And Jesus continues to follow in those shepherds' footsteps as being the very best shepherd who gave his very life for the sheep. And so, church, that's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came and gave his life so that our life might be forgiven, so that we might be able to be with him for all eternity. And his name is Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. So, I don't know what season of life you're in. You know, I was thinking about that this morning, that... um, There's all kinds of seasons as we go through each year at Christmas. You know, for young families, Christmas is fun and looking at Christmas through the eyes of children. But after a while, you know what? Those kids grow up and leave the home. And then it's it's another season, different type of season of Christmas. We've had loved ones who we have always enjoyed sharing Christmas with over the years. And they go home to be with the Lord. You know what? Christmas is very different for different stages of life. But the one thing that's constant, the one thing that's never, ever going to change is Jesus He is always going to be with you. And that is worth celebrating. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Let's pray. And then we're going to worship one more song. And then I want us to sing happy birthday to Jesus this morning. Okay? But let's pray. Thank you, Father, for, for Christmas. For this very special day. Thank you for helping us to understand what this day is all about. There are so many people who celebrate this day this morning, Father, that have no idea what they are celebrating. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness and showing us the meaning of Christmas through your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, thank you that you are always with us, that your name is Emmanuel. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.